Welcome back to the Fueled and Well podcast. In today's episode, I want to dig into a really common problem I see in women who are not having regular menstrual cycles, and that is digestive issues. There's a really strong link between these two health red flags. So today we're gonna talk about not only how they are connected, but also what you should and shouldn't be doing if this situation that I'm describing sounds a little too familiar to you. Quick disclaimer that this podcast episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as individual or medical advice. So if your periods are missing and you're dealing with a lot of gastrointestinal issues, it's very possible that the overall dysregulation in your body that is driving your hypothalamic amenorrhea, your HA, right, missing periods, can also be a really big root cause of those gut issues. And that is especially true if your sensitivity to foods, your bloating, your constipation, your just like overall gut health feels like it's changed quite a lot since you lost your period or in the same kind of time frame, right? If you have been dealing with these kinds of issues for years and years and years and years and your period's only been gone for three or four months, that may be a little bit of a different story. Maybe some of your gut issues fueled some of these other things that are happening. However, in a lot of the women that I work with, the underfueling, overexercising, chronic stress piece starts and then slowly permeates into their gut health. And so we're going to talk a bit today about why and how those things are connected. So first things first, before I hit you with some of the science, I just want you to know that I have been in your shoes with this. I used to be convinced that I had a weak stomach or maybe an undiagnosed like chronic gut condition. And there were dozens of foods and food groups and ingredients and brands that I was sensitive to that would bother my stomach, that would make me bloat, that would change like my bowel movements. Like I, I could not eat much without it negatively affecting me. And that was also at the height of my disordered eating and my overexercising and running myself into the ground. And I didn't recover from the disordered eating and exercise relationship I had because of my gut issues. I honestly didn't even think to consider that they were connected at the time. But as I started to fuel my body adequately and take rest days and like have a, a healthier, more balanced relationship with food. I was able to start working in a lot of those foods that I thought I was just destined to never eat again because I was certain that I was intolerant or allergic to them or whatever it was. And that's while I was going through schooling for nutrition and knew a lot about how these things manifested and I still couldn't see it for myself. So if you are struggling with a lot of that where it seems like the list of foods you can comfortably eat keeps getting shorter or every time you hear about a new ingredient to cut out, you feel better for like a couple weeks and then your gut issues just kind of keep snowballing and nothing actually ever gets better. I think that this information in this episode is going to be really transformative for you because the link between underfueling and missing periods and gut health is so strong and also not that talked about. So let's talk a little bit about why. 
before we get into how exactly these things are connected, I want to talk a little bit about some of the barriers in kind of the healing your gut space. So gut health is a relatively new part of the science of health and nutrition. And the science of health and nutrition is also really new, right, when we look at the grand scheme of things. So there are a lot of solutions out there, and I should put solutions in air quotes, that are not evidence-based, but are very popular, very talked about, very supported by individual people, influencers, even medical professionals. There's just a lot that we don't truly know about gut health yet, so there's a lot of room for extrapolating, right, and kind of filling in the gaps with our own narratives. What we do know is that your gut is a really complex system within your body, and it's intricately connected to your brain. So figuring out the root cause of a symptom or a set of symptoms with your digestive tract can take a really long time. And this can mean spending a lot of time, effort, money on potentially unhelpful interventions. So that's one barrier. If you're like, you've been trying to figure this out, you feel like you're spinning your wheels, Unfortunately, that is somewhat normal because gut health is so trendy but also so narrowly understood right now that the solutions that are really fancy and catchy may not be the best option for you. But there's not a lot of evidence to figure out what the best option is yet. Secondly, gut issues can be so painful and so disruptive to your daily life. And so it makes sense that one, we are going to kind of throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And two, it can increase our stress levels significantly if we're dealing with severe gut issues or even moderate gut issues. And stress can directly impact your gut in a lot of negative ways. I'll link a brief little article from Harvard Health about the gut-brain stress kind of connection because it's really interesting. But If you are dealing with a lot of gut issues, it's impacting your quality of life and that is stressing you out, just know that that is kind of a cycle that can start to feed itself. And then finally, the last kind of barrier or thing to be thinking about here is our culture around food right now is heavily influenced, heavily influenced by the idea that cutting out foods is better for our health and our gut health than adding more foods in. Nine out of 10 people, probably if you asked, would say, yeah, to get healthier, you have to remove something, right? You have to cut something out. You have to give something up. But if you are dealing with HA and gut problems, eating less or removing even more food groups or getting even more restrictive on ingredients and even more clean with the foods you eat is Highly, highly unlikely to help you. There's pretty much no case I can think of where someone with HA and digestive problems is going to start to feel better by taking more things out. But that is kind of the more common rhetoric we see, right? So if you are someone who is missing their period, is like, what the hell's happening to my gut? And then you immerse yourself in Googling or browsing on social media or talking to friends who are in this space, you're likely going to get a lot of expensive and unsubstantiated solutions, and a lot of them are going to be based around removing things, right? And for you, in your scenario, that's very, very unlikely to be the right route. 
But because gut health is new and it's trendy and cutting things out is cool, that oftentimes is the way we go, unfortunately, because we're just not able to see that whole picture. So there are several different reasons why you might be experiencing gut issues alongside your missing periods or your HA. The primary one, or the one I guess that kind of like starts the domino effect, is low energy availability. So we've talked about this before, but the idea that either through undereating or overexercising or a combination of both, you are providing your body with less energy than it requires to do all of the things. And you do that over an extended period of time. So you end up with that chronic low energy availability, right? Not enough resources for all of the jobs your body has to do for you. When that happens, you are going to experience a decrease in your metabolic rate, which translates into less energy being allocated to various body systems including your digestive system. There's just less to go around, right? Essentially, the, the budget for the resources that all your body systems can spend starts to shrink, and therefore, they're not going to do their jobs as well. And so your gut is one of those systems that's going to be compromised. With less energy available in your digestive system for all of the different processes that have to happen, we're going to see worsened digestive outcomes and a higher likelihood of gastrointestinal distress. That can be anything from slowed digestion and slowed stomach emptying to constipation to altered and confusing hunger and fullness cues. It can also look like frequent bloating, feeling like you're sensitive to so many different foods, or even esophageal dysfunction, which will result in things like heartburn or GERD. So tons of different ways that this can show up, and that's not even a comprehensive list, but those are some of the most common ones. And those are all things that can happen because basically your body's budget for spending in your digestive system is decreased, and therefore the quality of your outcomes and the quality of that process is decreased because there's not a lot of calories to go around to facilitate all those digestive actions. The other two really big pieces of the HA and gut health connection have to do with one, your hormones, and two, stress. Estrogen and progesterone, along with a lot of other hormones, tend to be compromised, lowered during HA because your hypothalamus is telling your body to make less of those things, right? We don't have the resources or the need for those things, so let's downregulate. Now, progesterone is typically a muscle relaxant, and your gut is made up of smooth muscle. Typically, high levels of progesterone, like in pregnancy or shortly after you ovulate, are more highly connected with constipation than low levels, but there's definitely still a connection there with how your gut moves and processes food and your progesterone levels. So that one can be problematic. And then, secondly, when estrogen is low, Cortisol levels are likely to be high because of their relationship in the body. Cortisol impacts not only how well your GI tract can absorb things, but also your gut motility. So the way the smooth muscle in your intestines actually moves food from your stomach all the way to the end of your GI tract. So you can imagine if your estrogen has bottomed out during HA and your cortisol has gone way up, you are probably going to feel like you can't digest food well and like it doesn't really go anywhere. And so that's where 
constipation, feeling like you're intolerant or sensitive to foods, bloating, slow digestion or early satiety, all of that can come from that estrogen and cortisol kind of dysfunction. And then lastly, the connection between stress and HA. So researchers have actually found that women who have HA tend to have higher levels of perfectionism, like self-reported perfectionism, than women without HA and higher reported levels of stress. And with that comes a myriad of potential problems for our gut. Because again, as I mentioned, that gut-brain stress connection is really strong and really well documented. So if you self-identify as a perfectionist or an overachiever, or you can just acknowledge like, yeah, I stress a lot. I don't handle stress well. I don't have a lot of self-care or stress management practices worked in. And especially if you've had labs that indicate that your cortisol is high, this is likely one of the drivers of the gut issues you're experiencing is that stress, brain, gut connection, and the cortisol level to your gut connection. We could do like a whole episode alone on just stress and HA. And in fact, we probably should. Um, but for right now, just understanding how physiologically stress might manifest with your gut is really important. Okay, so now let's jump into the tangible part of the episode. I want to first walk you through a few things not to do if you're resonating with what I'm describing so far. And then we'll wrap it up with some things that you definitely should be doing. What not to do if you are missing your period and also are dealing with gut issues. Number one, food allergy or intolerance testing. Whether that is through a holistic doctor or an allergist or a home testing kit that you can get. I know those are really popular right now. Unless you are having a reaction to a food that is dangerous, compromising your airway, you're having like these like hives kinds of breakouts, right? Like a true concerning allergic reaction. I would highly recommend you don't do the allergy or insensitivity or intolerance testing that's really popular right now because you are highly likely to walk out of that appointment or get the results from that kit and have a much longer list of food restrictions than before. And that's going to make it even harder to correct the energy imbalance underneath your HA which is also likely part of the gut issue, right? What I always tell women who come to me and say, okay, here's my situation, you know, my period's missing, here's the other things I'm dealing with, oh, and I, you know, I can't eat gluten or dairy or this or that. I always tell them, I'm never going to tell you to eat something that you are convinced that you cannot eat, right? Like, you know your body best. However, if those restrictions have come over time out of preference, or out of feeling like it's healthier to not eat those food groups, or you only started feeling like you couldn't digest those foods well around the time your period left, it's highly likely that if we can address your low energy availability, the metabolic rate issues, the hormonal issues that come with your missing period, it's very likely that your gut is going to function better too. And you may end up recovering your period and being able to add all those foods back in that you thought you used to not be able to eat. So with trying to solve some of these issues, what we don't want to do is look for more foods that we can't eat right now. That's actually going to be counterproductive. Number two, assuming that bloating means you ate too much. 
I cannot tell you how many women I work with feel this way. As soon as they feel a little bit of bloating, it means they ate something wrong or they overate. And then that informs how much they eat or if they eat that certain food again moving forward. When in fact, there is going to be a level during period recovery of eating when you're a little bit uncomfortable because your gut isn't able to handle probably digesting as much food as you actually need to recover your hormones and your metabolism. So there's a little bit of a barrier there at the beginning because we have to figure out how to eat enough to actually start healing your gut along with your missing menstrual cycles. And to eat more when your gut isn't feeling great is really hard. So a couple things you can do instead if you are noticing that every time you feel bloated or every time you get like a weird digestive symptom after a meal or as soon as you feel a little bit full, you think, I've done too much, I got to stop. I would encourage you to get on a regular schedule with eating three meals and two to three snacks a day. Just get on kind of a consistent schedule with that and make sure that your meals and snacks are appropriately balanced for period and hormone recovery. And if you aren't sure what that might look like, I have a free guide that I'll link in the show notes for you. It is 15 period recovery meal and snack ideas so that you can start to see what some appropriately balanced plates for recovery might look like. And there's some other tips in there as well. So definitely check that out in the show notes. But if eating adequate portions like isn't working well for you right now, you're like, I know I should be eating more than this, but I also feel like I can't. Then a couple of things you can do are loading up more on the fats at your meals since those are going to be more energy dense. Avoid drinking a bunch of water leading up to your meal. So maybe in the 30 minutes leading up to make sure you're only sipping as needed. Don't like chug a bunch of water. And consider adding some drinks that contain calories at your meals or snacks as well. So there's some ways that you can start to better fuel your body without requiring your digestive system to do a lot more work at the beginning. And that can be really helpful to start getting over that initial hump. Okay, two more things not to do, and then we'll dive into some really important action steps. I would encourage you to resist the temptation to throw a bunch of supplements at this problem. While there are some supplements that are really great for people who are dealing with digestive issues, at this stage, it's going to be really hard to know what you actually need because when it comes to evaluating supplements in general, but especially for gut health, we don't want to just use a supplement to treat a specific symptom. We want to figure out why something is going on. And then if we can't correct for that, a supplement can fill the gap. But if you are currently missing your period and your digestive system is off, it's highly likely that working on recovering your period will provide some level of improvement in your gut health. And then if you want to layer some things on, you have a little bit more information about what may or may not be the problem. And that way you can avoid wasting time and money and even like your perception of things being solved by throwing a bunch of supplements at your gut issues. And then lastly, we have touched on this one a bit, but try your best not to cut out more food groups. So for example, maybe, you know, when you first lost your period, you were avoiding certain types of 
meat, like maybe red meat wasn't your thing. And maybe you were a little bit worried about sugar, but that was it. And now you are starting to have more bloating, more problems going to the bathroom, and you're thinking, maybe I should cut out dairy, right? I completely get that it feels maybe not easy, but it feels straightforward. And like, wow, this has a chance of really helping me if I just cut out this thing that somebody online said is inflammatory or that my friend said she felt so much better when she went gluten-free et cetera, et cetera. I know it's hard not to get sucked into that, but if your energy imbalance is a big piece of why your gut health isn't great, we don't want to just keep cutting out more things because it's going to make it less and less likely that you can actually eat enough to recover your period and fix all of the issues that come with it. So I know that one's tempting. It's flashy. It's popular, but try your best not to keep cutting out more foods in this process. And now for a couple things that are likely going to be really helpful for you if this episode has resonated. One, my first and foremost tip, and you're probably not surprised by this one, put your primary efforts into recovering your period, first and foremost. Whether that's, you know, coming from a stress management side of things or adequate energy intake or cutting back on the high intensity workouts, whatever the path looks like for you. I would highly encourage you to put period recovery at the top of your list because as you address that systemic issue, your body's going to be in a lot better shape. And if you didn't have a lot of these gut issues before your period went missing, it's very likely that some of that's going to right itself in the process. Action item number two, regularly incorporate energy-dense and easy-to-digest foods. Things like Smoothies that have a lot of fruit, fat, and protein, but not a lot of veggies. Nut butters, added condiments, higher calorie bars that don't have added fiber, avocados, dips, trail mix, all those kinds of things. Try to incorporate those foods that pack more energy, more calories into either a smaller package, right? Like a smaller volume, or are easy for you to digest and capitalize on those foods. Make them a part of your normal routine. They are not just fun foods or foods on the day you work out. They are foods that should be always present in the rotation. Tip number three is kind of the opposite of number two, but try to minimize foods that require a lot of digestive effort without providing a lot of energy. So really fibrous foods like vegetables or protein bars and other fitness products that have a lot of added fiber artificially sweetened drinks that you're kind of like filling up on between meals and any other low calorie high volume foods like air popped snacks and veggies and all that. Those foods are going to make your digestive system do a lot of stuff but give your body very minimal or no energy in return. Those kind of foods are going to make your digestive system do a lot of work without providing much energy in return. And thus, the cycle we're talking about here just continues, right? And then finally, and this one may not be applicable for everybody, but if this is really, really getting in your way, if you're like, I know I'm not eating enough. I really want to be eating enough. I'm so stressed about this. I feel like there's always food sitting in my stomach. It's a possibility that you are dealing with like some pretty significant slowed gut motility, that motion or movement of your smooth muscle that gets food going through your system. 
And so for some people, chatting with your doctor and seeing if there's anything they can prescribe or recommend that helps with gut motility can help, especially if, again, that early fullness or like constipation is super excessive or painful. That's not going to be an appropriate solution for everyone, but sometimes that will make sense. So it never hurts to ask. But those first three, the more lifestyle-based ones, can be really, really great ways to get the ball rolling, even if some kind of prescription for your gut motility isn't in the cards. I know that dealing with digestive issues can be uncomfortable and inconvenient, sometimes embarrassing. It can be frustrating, right? Like there's there's so much loaded emotion that comes with our gut health not being optimal. But if you take nothing away from this episode except this, I hope you know that if most of these issues have occurred, started, or worsened since your period went missing, there's likely a really strong connection there with your gut just not having the resources that it needs, just like your reproductive system doesn't have the resources that it needs. And so spending a ton of money on testing and supplements and making your diet even more clean and all of these things that might work in very specific situations for other people, it's unlikely that that's going to be the solution for you because the root cause here is most likely that underfueling inadequate resources and the stress as well. So focusing in on how to improve that root cause instead of throwing a bunch of things on top of it or looking for more things to cut out is much more likely to be the appropriate route for you. I really hope that this episode opened your eyes to a new perspective on what might be going on with your gut health and what your most important action steps are right now. And I know that changing the way you eat or exercise for period recovery and your gut health can be overwhelming, especially if you're afraid to gain weight or you feel like, my stomach is literally so sensitive, there's no way I can change my food. And if that's the case, if you are feeling like this is really heavy to deal with alone, I am so excited to share with you that my 12-week coaching program, Period Recovery Breakthrough, is still accepting applications for this round through Sunday, April 2nd. If you're not listening live, we will still have a link in the show notes so that you can enroll in the next round or get on the wait list. But for this April 2023 cohort, we start soon. So get your application in. It's linked in the show notes. You'll get $200 off if you apply by the 2nd and possibly get a bonus one-on-one call with me because at the time of recording, we have three more of those open for the next women who enroll. But once those are gone, they're gone. So we start early April. It's 12 weeks. We go through everything you need to know for period recovery. It is a fantastic program. And so I hope that if this episode resonated with you and you are struggling to figure it out on your own, you will check that out. Application is in the show notes. We're going to have a great bonus episode for you this Friday that was an IG Live I did with a friend. And then I will see you for our regularly scheduled episode next week. 